0: Unpacking
1: Chrysalis, the art of being human. We're at it again, episode two, unpacking the art of being human. I'm Ryan Benoit, aka Benny B. No, just Benny's fine. And I'm here with Clayton, or hey, as guy. I call him sometimes now, Triple C. How
0: you doing, Clayton? Pretty good. I don't understand the triple C thing, but uh it's nice to have a nickname, especially from the likes of you, Benny.
1: Yeah, it just came to me. I mean, Coach Clayton Caswell, more of an alliteration of anything, you know, very important. Hey, Clayton, who are we talking to today on the podcast? We're talking to Joy. And uh,
0: Joy's name came up earlier as somebody that people just wanted to hear what Joy had
1: to say. Oh, well, let me say this. Uh, I knew the answer to that question before I asked you because I edited the podcast and I fully wanted this to be episode number two because it's actually one of my favorite. I've had the opportunity to edit. I've done cultural interviews with Joy and I can't stress that enough to people doing any type of interaction with Joy is amazing. But what I love about this It's Clayton, you and Joy were meant to talk about music, like live, like concerts, just the Mm. experience of entertainment. (laughs) And God damn it, did you not talk about that at all? But in the most authentic way possible, you talked about a very like perfect living experience of translating the philosophies of Chrysalis to a real life person named Joy.
0: Yeah, she's incredible. We... Started to talk about music and did that for a bit, but what really was the deep dive in this thing? We we deleted all the music stuff, but to at the start. But what is beautiful about this is the the deep dive into um, the experience that Joy has had here in coming into this company and uh, finding her way, uh, being surrounded by people that that uh, trust and respect her and want her to succeed and believe in her. This is one of the I think one of the eternal stories of this place is it's surprising when you come here and you realize, oh, people really trust me. They want me to be successful and they are supporting me and they often believe in me more than I believe in myself and just the power of the effect of the environment on a person and their sense of self and then how they're able to turn that into energy and drive and do things that that they weren't even sure they could do it's really quite a beautiful uh story
1: yeah and just to speak on the music part that we cut out i fully enjoyed it because it was a very great example of clayton being a canadian and how much he spends on going to see concerts and joy being american and how she just gets a a bargain deal on seeing the same concerts. Unfortunately, it had to be on the cutting room floor. If anyone wants to hear it, I guess you can reach out and I'll I'll find you a cut. But with that, <laughs> I think we should just hit it. Uh, this is, like I said, probably the most authentic conversation one could hope for when talking about your employer. So uh, with that, here we go. Let's do it. All right, Paul, yeah,
2: okay. Well, let's
0: get into the podcast. Hey, when I was talking to people about this podcast, uh, where we're getting to better understand Chrysalis through the people here, your name came up as somebody who we should chat with. <laughs> so then when I reached out to you, you immediately said, yeah, I'll do that. So, so here we are. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to having a chat with you uh, today, Joy. Uh, how are you doing?
3: I'm good. How are you, Clayton? Thanks for asking hey. me.
0: Yeah, oh I'm doing great. I'm really looking forward to this chat. I think uh you know we um we've had a few of these so far and I always we always let the guests uh pick the 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 topic. So I think that's quite fun because really the purpose as I was saying is just to to better understand this company that we work for through the people that we work with. And so so we're giving this a try and we're 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 interviewing a variety of folks, but Maybe I'll get you to describe um, just some of your work within Chrysalis, Um, maybe what company you work with or what sort of work you do, what part of the world you live in. Little intro, just so people can get to know you, and then we'll jump into this topic you've chosen.
3: Sure. Um, so I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, Mm -hmm. I started at IQ metrics in 2016. Um, but I was actually an RQ user since 2007. So I uh, worked for a client of ours. It was a T-Mobile franchise. So I worked for them from 2007 until 16 when I left to come here.
0: Who are the people Uh, that you remember from back then? Like when you were a client? Who did well, my with?
3: boss mostly worked with them, but Karma, oh. Karma was our account manager. <laughs> so I knew all about Karma. Right. Um, and like <laughs> our back office team all knew Karma.
2: So oh, yeah. my office
3: was in Chicago, but I was here. So like I covered the territory, but they were at like uh, the back office was there. We had stores in like North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, Georgia and Texas. But we were headquartered okay. in Chicago. Our inventory teams, everybody, karma, <laughs> karma, karma is all anybody ever <laughs> talked about. The owners of my company actually had an at t company that used RQ also so a lot of people here knew them from the AT&T side as well when we sold our company in 2015 we got new owners didn't love them the company I worked for had the family feel that IQmetrics has and then we got bought yeah. by a larger company that just was a number and it just wasn't really what I wanted and I didn't know what I wanted to do because I'd only ever bartended and worked for t-mobile <laughs> and so i started like looking at like vendors and but i'd always knew that i really thought it'd be fun to work for this company but they never hired like they were just never right. hiring in the states right. and so i started applying for like every single job possible anytime anything would be posted in the u.s whether i could do it or not for months <laughs> for months i just applied oh, really? to every single thing yeah. and uh then i was getting so mad because i would never get a call. And right. this is one of my favorite stories with Leanne is that one the my on my birthday, I was at a concert and we had been in the middle of remodeling our T-Mobile stores and my contractor called. And so I was like, oh, that's weird. It's a Friday night. So I go in the yep. bathroom to listen to the voicemail. And in that voicemail is also another one, and it's this woman that says, my name is Leanne Castellano, and this is the last time I'm going to leave you a voicemail. You have applied for all these jobs, and you've not called us back for an interview for any of them. So this is it. This is your last phone call. So I spent the whole weekend freaking out panicking that I missed my opportunity yeah. to come work here yeah. and like ruin my birthday night like all this right. stuff so every year my birthday Leanne tells me happy anniversary of the night <laughs> she left me a nasty message <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my god apparently she'd been calling but I wasn't getting it and like no voicemails and then I get right. this real nasty one that I still have saved yeah. uh <laughs> And I called her Monday morning, like, in tears. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I want to work here so badly. Right. We have a big joke about my birthday being the anniversary of her yeah. meanness, even though she's that the nicest is. human ever.
0: <laughs> like, she really is sweet. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, I miss working with her. Um, so that's how
3: I got here. Like, And then I started yeah. in managed services, just doing some data entry for the Cricket account. In Hawaii, I happen to be sitting with you and Rhonda and Kelly yeah. Markovich talking about experience. Yeah. And then um, I moved to be a client manager did t-mobile and metro for like i don't know five weeks and then um eric and will hunt cornered me in the hallway and was like you're gonna take cricket and i was like no i'm not and they're like yes you are and i was like no i'm not (laughs) and they're like "Mm, you are and i was like i don't think so and then i've been on cricket ever
0: since right yeah quite a journey
3: it is like, and I was just the client manager. And then a couple of years ago, Lindsay approached me about taking on the program manager role. Right. And I was like, no, nope. I'm not technical. I can't yeah. do this. This is not yeah. me. And she was like, yes, we've all agreed. This is you. Like you need to do
2: it. And <laughs> I was like, decided. no.
3: <laughs> and uh, it was during COVID. And I happened to be in the office that day. And there was a handful of us that would go in every once in a while. Yeah. I'm sitting in the office with the door closed on a call with Lindsay. And she's like, Stacy's waiting for you so you hang up the phone and you immediately go to her office and I was like what are you guys doing to me and so I opened up her door and I was like what and she's like you're doing this and I was like why does everybody keep manhandling me into jobs <laughs> Like, and so she was like and I remember sitting with Stacy and having this conversation and it's still to this day I think about yeah. it every time I make decisions because she said if it doesn't scare you enough to make you want to shit yourself you probably shouldn't yeah. do it Yeah. and I was like yeah. oh I'm scared to death of this. I think I'm going to fail at this because I don't have the experience. Right. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And that was, I don't know, two and a half years ago.
0: Yeah. That's amazing how leadership can work. You know, how somebody can say something to you that actually does unsettle you. And I remember years and years and years ago, uh, Christopher came into the boardroom. And he said, uh, Hey, I just want to let you all know, uh, what our new goal is. Uh, and that's 10,000 doors. And so if anybody listening to this, it's outside of the company. Um, we, we measure our market by a number of doors locations. So anyway, so Christopher comes in and we had like hundreds of doors at the time, not thousands and definitely not ten thousand and uh it was incredible and i actually remember being so unsettled so scared that i i had trouble sleeping for a few days because i just couldn't think how might we do that yeah and i was responsible for client services at the time that was my first job here was to start client services and um Uh, Stacy actually would have been working with me (laughs) at that time and Kelly Mark, which would have been working with me at that time. And, uh, some others, Aaron Drake, anyways, the thing is, um, it, yeah, I remember that moment and, and, but from that, as you say, really scary shit your pants moment, it was like, okay, how are we going to do this? And then it just changes your mindset of how do I do this? Not, oh, I can't do this. And all the fear and stuff just kind of moves away because it's like you've been, like you said, manhandled into a job. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like Christopher just came in and just said, We're doing this. This yeah. is what our company needs. And so at that moment, I guess I realized whatever the company's uh, problems are that the company's trying to solve, the people that work here are the solution to it. Like, like me waiting for the company to tell me what to do or how to do it, <laughs> that's yeah. not what. Is happening here. We're, and so this was probably 20 years ago and uh, maybe not quite that long ago. But, yeah, I was like, oh, this is all up to us, me, and how we work together. So, anyway, that was a big moment for me. And I I love that Stacy just presented you with that clarity. Like, boom.
3: And it's funny because, like, I've had that happen twice now, actually. Um, I was just talking to Joanne a couple mm. weeks ago. And I remember when uh, Eric and Will – where like, you, you're going to take, Teresa's moving into this role. You're going to take the cricket count. And I was like, no. Mm-hmm. So Joanne had an opening on her team in like a marketing. And uh, so I went to talk to her about it. And I was telling her the story the other day. And she's like, oh my God, I remember this. And I just remember sitting in her office and I was like, I want to do this. And she's like, I need you to stop and think. Do you yeah. want to do this because this is something you're passionate about? Or do you want to do this because you're scared of what they just gave you? <laughs> and she said, and if you're scared of taking on this large client, then I don't want you on my team.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: She's like, because you need to figure it out first. Yeah. She's like, but if this is something marketing is something you're super passionate about and partner products and all that, then OK. But I don't believe that's your thing. And I was like, damn it. You're right. OK. <laughs> <laughs> and like we were just talking about this the other day on our last day. I was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. I remember sitting in your office that day. And I was scared. I was scared. I did not want our largest client. I did not know what I Mm -hmm. was doing. And I was like, what makes you think I can handle this? I don't think I can handle this. Why are all these people telling me that I can? So I'm just going to jump ship. So I'm just going to go do something different.
2: Right.
0: Right.
3: And Joanne wouldn't let me. She was like, if this is what you truly want, do it. But I don't think it's right. I was like, yeah.
0: I love that moment where she's supporting you and saying, look, if this is what you want, I'll support you. But she's also calling you out and just saying you should really be honest with yourself and ask yourself, is this truly what you want? There's this idea of are you running to something or are you running away from something? And that has always been something that's been inherent to this this place. Um, People will support you, but they also will want you to be authentic about why you're doing something and if you're just running away from something people have told me that the thing you're running away from will find you at your new role too (laughs) no that's
3: true so
0: don't don't do it you know run towards something
3: and i remember when i agreed to take this product like this uh, program manager role um i was so worried because i'd seen clay doing it and i was like i'm Mm -hmm. nothing like clay i can't do Mm -hmm. this like him and i just remember sitting with Lindsay, and she was like we don't want you to be like Clay. You need to do yeah. this your way. Clay mm-hmm. did it his way and he was good mm-hmm. at it. You have to do it your way or you'll never do it. And right. then I remember I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then Lindsay went on vacation for like two months. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so then I was like, I never talked to Trish. I got to talk to Trish. Right. I got I to gotta take on this new role with somebody I don't really know who is wonderful, but very serious. And i quite silly yeah. a lot of times especially when I'm nervous <laughs> and my first release I made a giant mistake and I called Trish just sobbing right. and right. and she's like you have to make a mistake and I was like oh and I had yeah. to I made yeah. I, and it wasn't an end of the world mistake I slept yeah. through a release and I was just guiding it so the team was there they did their job I yeah. just was so nervous about missing the 2 a.m timeline that I stayed yeah. up and stayed up and stayed up and stayed up and then Felt like right before it started. Right. Uh, of course. I was so scared to make a mistake that I just was in my right. head. And it was not yeah. a big deal, but I had to have that happen. I had yeah. to have this, what I thought was detrimental, to yeah. feel my team and to feel that I can do things like that. And I have the most amazing team in the world that was like, so what? Okay. Yeah. We did it without right. you. We were worried about you. We were calling you and you weren't answering. Right. <laughs> like we were concerned, but like, so what? Yeah. And it, and it had to happen. It had to happen right. to make me confident in myself. It had to happen right. to make me realize I can do this job. It had to happen to make me realize that the world's not going to end because I overslept or
2: right.
3: <laughs> I chose something incorrectly or I'm not technical enough um and that day and then i remember talking to trish and i remember trying to be so solid and then i just lost it like just sobbed and then i was even more (laughs) embarrassed that i was crying because i was like i don't even know this but you know (laughs) like um but it had to happen it had to happen to get me to stop being scared and to realize that and it had to happen to help (laughs) me help my team too because now i can tell them i've messed up and yeah it's not the end of the world. So you guys can mess up too.
0: Boy, there's so many beautiful things about what you're talking about there. You know, you're learning that, um, first of all, you're human and that's great. Uh, and that's what, um, that's good enough. Like, I, I guess yeah. that's, that's an amazing thing here. Like when we talk about the art of being human, sometimes people think, well, you guys figured out the art of being human. No, it's just create space for people to be human and, re- yeah. and help them realize that, okay, you're a human. I'm a human. Um, that's great. We're, we're going to work through this together, not because we're super human, but just because we're human. So like, you know, inviting a person to be their whole self here just means accepting that they've got some strengths and some weaknesses, and together we have more strengths than weaknesses, and we'll work through it. And that's such an amazing story you share because it really gets at the a mindset that is so, I think, hard for people to understand or believe that they can be trusted and they can make mistakes, and the people around them will will support them and they won't humiliate them they won't shame them and by the way if anybody listening to this is getting humiliation and shame when they make mistakes this that's not the way it's supposed to be so (laughs) reach out to somebody and and let's get that sorted out but look at how the effect it has on you as a person to to be in that environment that's that's wonderful
3: yeah and i think that like more often than not i don't know necessarily that I don't know that anybody's ever made me feel humiliated or shamed for making a mistake, but I'm harder on myself than anybody else ever could be on me.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm the source of shame and humiliation in my life. That's for sure. (laughs) The people around me are just wonderful. Yeah. And I just beat myself up.
3: And I think for me, you know, I came from my parents were both teachers. Uh, my yeah. sim, my brother and his wife are teachers. You know, oh, yeah. um, I have a family full of teachers. And when I didn't finish school, it was very yeah. much like, what are you going to do? You didn't finish school. <laughs> you gonna bartend forever. Right. So there was just this inherent in my head that like, no, I'm going to prove a point that I yeah. didn't have to do something that I didn't like. Right. I was miserable in school. I found out later yeah. on that I have ADHD, which helped me understand like uh, why I was so miserable in school. Yeah. But at that point it was like, I'm going to prove a point that I can do this without the traditional way. Yeah. But it also creates so much imposter syndrome sometimes when I'm like, right. I can't do these things because <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I don't have a degree. Like I, right. Can't do this, you know, and it's so funny that my whole career has been accidental. (laughs) (laughs) Like, no joke. Like, I was bartending, decided I needed a big kid job, walked into a cell phone store to sell them a Papa John's gift certificate. And they're like, You want a job? And I was like, Oh, hell yeah, it's going to be hot soon. Um, I don't want to do do this door to door stuff. (laughs) And they're like, Great, cool. Everybody from this store just quit. And the owner lives down the street. It's yours. (laughs) And like, handed me a, it was Suncon at the time, a local regional carrier that T-Mobile was about to be purchasing. And they were like, here you go. And I was like, uh, huh, what? Excuse me?
2: And and
3: just sat there in this very small store that was super empty and like taught myself how the cell phone world worked. And then when our owner was selling, he was like, I can't do much, but I can teach you how to work in this industry. And then I interviewed with the new owners that were taking over when we were becoming... T-Mobile. And I remember a couple years later, one of the owners was like, yeah, just be clear. We didn't think you were going to amount to much. (laughs) Like You live local. You had no experience in the industry, but you live local. You could hire a staff for us and you could get us started. And then we hire someone else. And so I just like continued to stumble into this career, Mm -hmm. which has turned into probably the most incredible thing that's ever happened in my life by accident.
0: Yeah.
3: And it's just and so much of it has been in the last seven and a half years
0: since yeah. I've been here. You know, when uh, I started working here, um, something you said earlier really stuck with me. And that was this, I remember feeling like, Oh, these people believe in me more than I believe in myself yeah. uh, here at, at, you know, at yeah. metrics at, at Chris And I used to work with, you know, Chris and Greg and more, more with Greg. And I was just, this guy owns the company and he seems to really believe in me. And then, that, it just enabled me and empowered me and allowed me to take chances and and uh, grow, you know? And this is, I think it's this experience that you have with Stacey where, and all these people actually, just, yeah, they believed in you. No, Joy, we talked about this. We want you to do this work because we believe in you. And and that same moment, you didn't, you were like, uh no. But I was like that too, constantly. My first job at I was to start client services because we had six clients. So I spent all this time, vancouver with these clients learning how they are using the software so we can improve the software helping them integrate our software into their operations which is very challenging i never had any sense that i could do that but Greg almost made it sound like of course you could do that why what do you you know just the way he talked was so presumptuous it's like you can do this but he didn't even say that he just Said, go do this. Like and but but the point is they just this in this environment where where you're not sure if you can do something, the people around you, um, this community just gives you energy and and it you does. give them energy. And it's this relationship that's so fascinating. so
3: it's it's empowering, it's amazing. Let's see, a year and a half ago or so when Jason Raymer started, I just remember one day he was like, I asked how to lead you as your lead. And I was told, just give her validation. Mm
1: -hmm. And I was
3: like, it didn't, I didn't realize how badly I needed that until Mm. I had a lead that just said, why are you asking this? You know what you're doing? Like, and would be there and open and let me ask questions and bump things off of him. And Aaron does that for me now. And it's amazing, but I didn't realize how badly I just needed someone to say, yeah. You know what you're doing. Why are you questioning yourself? And yeah. consistently, I need that lesson learned. It was like, oh, okay, I am making the right decisions. Mm. I really didn't need to run that by you. But thanks, right. it made me feel comfortable. And thank you for allowing me that space to say, can you read this? Can you proof this? Like, I do that yeah. all the time. Um, can somebody oh, proof yeah. this and make sure it's in better, like, professional writing? I could talk yeah. to anybody, but put it in writing. It's not my thing. But It just, after a little bit, I was like, oh, I no longer need to run everything I do past you. And we had this wonderful conversation where he said, go and I'll tell you if you've gone too far. Right. Make the decisions. And if I have to rein you in, then I will rein you in. But this is yours and just do it. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay, I know Mm -hmm. what's right for this client. They've been my client for seven years. I know them inside and out and I know what they need. It was like a switch, you know, and there's just been little things in the, all the time I've been here where it's like, I can't do that. No, yes, I can. You know,
2: I right.
3: I, I can't. Oh, all right. I already did that. I didn't realize <laughs> I did that.
2: Like, yeah.
3: I didn't realize I was already doing that. You know, I would say for me, I think the biggest thing I got out of that was how do I do that for other people? How do I be yeah. that for someone else?
0: Have you found yourself able to do that yet? Or do you... I think so. I hope yeah. so.
3: You yeah. know. I I really hope I I am and can continue to be that for other people. Um, Sometimes you don't know if you are, but I I hope, um, you know, that is a big goal of mine is just to make sure that everyone knows that they can come to me or I can help with something or I've probably been there or I've probably had that feeling or you're doing a good job. Make a mistake. I've definitely told people. Fuck some shit up. Make a mistake. I don't know if I can say that. So let's say it without swear words. (laughs) But like, make a call. Make a decision. Like, give me a date on when we're going to finish a project and have it be wrong. Right. So that you can learn that I will have your back. I will go to bat for you. I will cover. I will do whatever I need to to make you feel the way that you made me feel that day. And it just builds
0: teams. What does it do for the person, do you think?
3: I hope that it does for them what other people have done for me. Help me grow, help me feel strong, help me feel empowered. And like for me, it's funny because I actually had therapy this morning, which is the best thing I ever did. And I started seeing her about four years ago. And and she tells me all the time, she's like, God, as long as you've been moving up in your roles and doing all these things, she's like, I just have watched you change. And like I have friends that have said like, going to work at IQ is the best thing you ever did for yourself. And my family feels Mm -hmm. that way. And I think having the confidence at work has spilled out into my real life, you know, like it (laughs) makes me feel like I can do things outside of this. I can make hard choices. I can, you know, and honestly, a lot of it is because my work family is my outside family too. Yeah. You know, so when my parents got sick last year, the amount of support that I got and still continue to get as I have mm. to travel to to help them a lot, like, we'll cover meetings, we'll do this for you. Like the first time when my mom was diagnosed with Parkinson's last year, my team sent a gift package to my parents' house with groceries and flowers. My parents were so moved that, the, you know, yeah. that the girls on my team had put this together and had all this sent to their house. Um yeah. You know, but just of course
0: they did, you know. Yeah. Like when you say that, of course they did.
3: When I say the real world, this is my real world. Like my world yeah. is one world, kind of, you know, and it yeah. just makes it makes everything better. And it's so funny that my friends from outside of work are now friends with my friends from work, you know, and so like <laughs> it's like this hodgepodge world and I'll be like, Oh, Stacy, did you know, blah, 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 so-and-so like telling her about yeah. somebody and she's like, Oh yeah, we well, want to set the went into the concert with, you know, like, so it's all merged. Right. And I love that. Like, it's just such a wonderful world yeah. to be able to live in.
0: You're making me think about one of the complexities that people have is understanding self-management and what you're actually talking about is kind of some of the roots of it, which is just to say, um, you know, uh, treat people with trust and respect, uh, support them, uh, create space for them to grow and to make decisions, but support them to make those decisions. And it just has this incredible effect. Like I think people say, oh, self-management, what is this? Some kind of weird thing. And no, it's just treating people with trust and respect, have leading with humility and curiosity. One of the things that I've noticed is that there's this evolution, That people go through and you talked about it a little earlier but it's about this decision making so if you're if you're a leader in an environment that is trying to empower and enable people around you a signal that that's happening is you hear people changing from hey joy can i do this to hey joy i think i'm going to do that to hey joy i'm going to do this what do you think um hey joy i did this and what do you think? It's like there's this progression that you see as a lead in the person around you, moving from asking permission all the time to just to to describing, oh, I did this. And of course, that takes time and it takes some support. But that's an example of what self management is. It's not some big, mysterious, weird social experiment. It's just how do you help people get confident. And I think one of the the, the roots of that is like, the reason you, you want to do that is because like you said earlier, who knows better what your client needs than you. And yeah. so if, you know, if, if your boss is sitting in his office, deciding what your client needs, and then telling you what your client needs, that's just missing the boat. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they should interact with you, but not, but you're the sensor. You're the one out there in the field, talking with these people in detail, uh, having intricate conversations with them and that's you taking information back and making decisions with your team and your lead. And that's really all kind of, that's, that's a, I shouldn't say that's all self-management is, but that is a great sign of what we're talking about in terms of self-managing.
3: Oh, and it's so true that path, I very clearly went down every one of those phases, you know, to now I'm at the point, I'm just like, FYI, I did this. If anybody complains about right. it, you have a heads up. Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> and then
3: it's like, okay, cool, thanks for the heads up. I'm like, if anybody comes to you because they yeah. don't like it, this is what I did, you know? And yeah. so <laughs> I've gone through that entire evolution. And there are still times when something is a bigger decision where I'm like, uh, of course. Okay, I think this is the right path, but I need some help making sure. That I'm not going to step on toes or this is really the way we want to address Mm -hmm. this relationship while we're still in contract discussion, you know, like whatever it Mm -hmm. is. But it's also empowered me to learn those moments to say, like, this moment I'm going to handle on my own. And this moment I'm going to say, okay, I need some leadership guidance on how to handle this. Or sometimes I just say to Aaron, I'm going to invite you to a call just so you sit there. So there's a title on it. Because some client some people just want to see it, you know, and they're like, okay, that's true. Tell me if you want me to speak. I'm like, cool. I don't think you (laughs) we're talking about something that I've not even told you about yet. But yeah, like
2: speak up if you (laughs)
3: feel like it, you know. Yeah. Um, but the self-management, like I think there's pros and cons to it for sure. You know, and you have to have people that are that can handle it or that will do it uh in a respectful way. Um, and I think we do a very good job of hiring good people. Um, but I think that like it it is a very natural way to grow by being empowered to do your work when you know you need to do your work, get your stuff done, uh, handle things, have a sounding board for your lead or your teammates um, have that space where you can vent and mine and whatever you need to do, because you know, you're going to get it done, but also giving you those pockets of escape and backup. Um, and like for me, all I can hope is that like other people know that they're supported so that it helps them grow too. And then they can be empowered on their own.
0: Yeah. The self-management part, I think it's such an unfortunate name. In order to have an agency and autonomy or to be self-managed and be able to get to that point where you're making decisions and just saying, Hey, guess what I'm, or, or not guess what, but Hey, heads up, I did this. But in order to get to that point when it's appropriate, uh, you have to be deeply engaged with your, the people around you, your community, the, you know, the, their team and your teammates and your, your clients, like, like there's an ecology or there's an environment that you just need to be deeply a, uh, aware of and integrated with in order to actually self-manage so it's it's like you anyways it's it's an unfortunate name naming convention <laughs> but yeah you paint a really good picture of it i asked you earlier what this evolution uh that you've gone through as a person what effect that has on those around you and you said oh, well i hope they get the same feeling that i do in in my decision making and just the way i feel how about others like how about how does your evolution affect you know your your clients and your leads How do they experience Um, joy differently because of it?
3: My client trusts me. My client knows when I ask them for something or tell them they need to do something or bring something up to them that I have gone through it. I have made sure it's right. You know, like they, Mm -hmm. over time, they have also seen me grow and grow in. And it it is interesting because it has been discussed with different people on my client because I started out doing, basically data entry for the same client, you know, like, and so like, I've worked with a lot of these people since 2016. Mm -hmm. And so like, even they have commented on like, my growth, but to the point now where it's gotten that like, if I tell them nine times out of 10, they're going to do it. Like, Trust. they know that I have their best interest at heart. We were at their booth in Vegas, and we were joking because I went to go put my bag down, and I was like, oh, where's – I was asking for specific people, and this lady working was like, oh, I don't know, but – and I also don't know you, but everybody else here seems to know you, so you can put your bag here. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> Apparently, this is your booth. Right. And I was like, I don't work here, and, and then there was a lot of eh, And I was like, "Come on, I actually don't work for you guys. I just Um, know everybody." But it's like a big joke to them because, like, they know that, like, if I'm gonna ask them to do something or if I'm gonna go to bat for something, like, I've done everything I can to make sure they're protected or this is the best decision for both people involved. Um, I think for my leads, I would hope that it's helped build trust. I think one of the things that I have. I'm trying to think how to say this without sounding arrogant.
0: Um, Sound arrogant.
3: (laughs) One of the things that I've been asked, like, how do I do this? Mm -hmm. Is that like, I I just fully believe that like, we should always treat people how we want to be treated. Mm -hmm. And, I work with a lot of developers and developers typically do not want to talk to clients. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll have other client managers ask me, they'll be like, how did you get those developers on your call? And I'm like, you just treat them how you'd want them to be treated. I will have sat down with some of these guys and said, "Okay, I need you to be on this call because I can't explain this, but I will protect you. I will stop it if it goes too far. I will create a safe space for you so that like when we're on these outage bridges if you feel like you're getting attacked let me know and I will step in or this is not your comfort zone but how can I make sure that you feel safe Mm -hmm. and building those relationships has helped with my career it has helped my client it has helped that like not all the time, but a lot of times if I'm like, I really need your help, and I know this is not what you want to do, and I right. know you do not want to jump <laughs> on this call or this bridge or do this yeah. thing that this client is asking us to do, I am asking you to help me. And in return, I will give you safety. I will give yes. you what I can to yeah. make you feel comfortable. Can you do this for me? Yeah. Like, And it's just treat people how you want to be treated. I wouldn't want to yeah. be on onto a call whether i'm client facing or not at the last minute with no prep with no discussion with no safety yeah. net of of who's gonna talk and how that's right and and to me i just feel like it's important it's important yeah. that their feelings are heard it's important that everyone's feelings are heard it's important that yeah. the client's feelings are heard like how do we manage this world with Two different businesses who both have their agendas, who both want the best in the end. That's right. But it's tense because something's Absolutely. down, or something's wrong, or something's not working the way we expected
0: to. Yes.
3: Like how you treat others says the most about people, in my
0: eyes. Yeah, I've definitely seen those um, developers get pulled into those conversations, and it's essentially you're just throwing them to the wolves, and yeah. they are just forever untrusting. They're not. Yeah. Uh, they don't want to get in that situation again. And what you're talking about again is, is about acting, um, ecologically. It's like, well, what do the people around me need? Well, they need to be treated like people. They need to trust me. I'm responsible for contributing to them. Having, you know, uh, as you say, uh, a safe space to do their work, especially when it's very challenging, work where you're you know, interfacing with a. You know, with a client who's experiencing a problem and it's quite dynamic, right? I mean, yeah. I've been there, but um this all still boils back into your focus on people and trust and respect. There's a real theme there that is so clean, it's so clear. I have two thoughts. One, I'm interested in how this affected you, but I'm also kind of interested in what's going on here that allows this evolution of you. I'm interested in both of those things. I'm not sure. What's in the environment that helps you or that creates space for you to evolve like you have? And how has it affected you as a person?
3: When I started going to therapy a few years ago is when I really started digging into what ADHD means and how it's not just... Uh, hyper and not being able to focus because i was like, I'm not a hyper person, um, but really understanding what an executive brain does and rejection sensitivity and all the things that come with it. Um, and as I started to learn about it, I started to learn about me and I started to realize that, like, I was always so afraid that people wouldn't like me or afraid that people wouldn't react well to things I did. I'm a lot. I know I'm a lot. I am like, it just is who it is. Like my dad has always joked with me. He's like, I've never known anybody that people either absolutely love or absolutely hate. And there's no in between. I was like, correct. I'm a lot. I know this, um, but I, shielded some of that I pretended sometimes to be something I wasn't because I didn't want to be uh, too much for people I was afraid um, of being rejected I was afraid of not being liked so mm-hmm. I did things you know half of who I truly am and yeah and only let some people see the real me and since I've been here this world truly embraces Please, for the love of God, be your true self. Like, mm-hmm. and be weird and be silly and be extra and
2: right.
3: have good days and have bad days. And as I manage and learn how my brain works, I know that some days I'm not going to get anything done. It's just mm-hmm. one of those days where there's nothing that's going to make it happen. Mm. And there's other days that I will work an excessive amount of hours because I'm just on point and being allowed to be that being allowed to Mm. be true to myself and lean in when I need to and lean out when I need to. And, you know, um, feeling love and acceptance and like everybody here, I hope, and most people I know that I've talked to have feel similarly, like this is, a safe place to just mm-hmm. be who you are. Um, and then by feeling safe and being who I am here, it has made me realize that I truly just need to be who I am outside of here too.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And and there's nothing to be afraid of. And if you don't like me, they don't like me. Like if I'm too much for you, suck it. I don't know, uh, cut that out. Uh, <laughs> 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 but you know,
2: and yeah I, yeah I,
3: I have I've never felt judged here. I've never felt like I can't be who I am. I've never felt insecure. I, well, I lied. we all feel insecure. so that's not even that's yeah, not a fair statement. You're using but, the never
0: word, but I don't I don't yeah, i I'm filtering out the never word. Yeah. Just more often than not, you don't feel yeah. this here more often yeah. than not, you know that yeah, that's more what I'm hearing and when you I say. do. Yeah.
3: There's always somebody there that's like, why are you acting silly today? Because I know that's right. not you. And there's always <clears throat> right. somebody that's there that says, you're not yourself. Are you OK? Yeah. Um, right. What's going on? You didn't yeah. look OK on that call today.
0: Or, right. you know, oh, God, is everything
3: yeah. OK? Like Instead and it's
0: beating you up. Yeah. Uh, it's like, wow, uh, joy is... Joy needs my support because there's something, because she's not performing. Joy is not performing the way I need her to, or the way I expect her to. Uh, and the reaction is, I need to support Joy. Not Joy is garbage, Joy is trash, Joy, Joy can't do her work. It's And that's what I find so beautiful about this place. I always encourage people to think about this. What you just described is, if somebody you've hired isn't living up to your expectations, your first reaction should be, Oh, I need to support that person. Hey, person, uh, you're not uh, performing the role as we need. Uh, what can we do to support you? Uh, what's going on around you that's getting in your way? Are there systems? Are there communication? Is it collaborative? Be curious, right? And yeah. and that proves to that person that, oh, I do belong here. Yeah. I belong here as a whole person who has skills and who has uh, um uh weaknesses and th- i also think the second time should be very similar it should be hey uh you're still not performing um what else can we do to support you eventually of course a person demonstrates uh this role isn't right uh this i don't enjoy working here and we have processes you know we could, we, we have a beach process to oh you're in a shitty role for you let's put you on the beach and yeah. People will support you to find another role in this group of companies. Like that is a manifestation of, I think, what's what is so important about this place that we as a person can show up and belong. And
3: that is so important. Always feel supported. Yeah. Now, I mean, it's not always roses. Like, it's not always wonderful. There is a lot of
0: rough days there
3: there's a lot of hard days. There's this a lot the of aspiration days that where yes. you're like, I don't know that I can do this anymore, or I'm yep. going to throat punch. Anyone that comes near me today, yep. but I've been there. It, but there's also like the, what Yeah. do I love? How do I get back to what I love? How do I get back right. engaged? How do I get back? How do I take a step back? The fact that we are like, yeah. Unlimited vacation days, unlimited mental health days, whatever it is, like take a mental health day, take a day right. to just get your brain back to where you need your brain to be. If that's what you need, Yeah. like giving everybody the space to to do whatever they need and how they need it. I am an introverted extrovert and everybody's like, that's weird. You're an extroverted. I'm like, no, I'm actually cripplingly shy in a in a environment where I'm not comfortable. And that's right. Public speaking is just nauseatingly painful to me <laughs> and like it is like it's torture it is absolute torture i can run a call and talk to anybody but if you tell me i have to like present something i'm gonna throw up like end of the world end of the world and uh i remember like stacy finally convinced me to do the weekly rap because matt did it and i oh, said yeah, I yeah, yeah. Never. matt said he would never do it so i was like shit you did it so now i have to follow up on my end and do it because you did it you got brave yeah. so now i need to be brave And I remember being so scared and I don't know if you remember this, but like you popped on early right before the weekly rap started that week. And and you were like, are you okay? And I was like, I hate doing this stuff. I can't stand this. I don't want to do it. I can't believe I said, yes, I'm freaking out if I pick the right music. Is it going to be weird? Like, am I going to mess up? And you, and you made a comment and you were like, there's nobody here that wants you to fail. Just yeah. remember, as you do this, everyone that's going to be on this call wants you to succeed. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, you're right. There's nobody here waiting for me to mess up so they can make fun of me or waiting for me to say the wrong thing or make a mistake yeah. uh, so that they can pick on me. There's not. No. And that moment I was like, you're right. Everybody here, just like when I'm watching it and somebody else is doing it, I want them to do well. I want them to make mistakes. I want them to do whatever they need to do in that moment. <laughs> yeah. And I want to support them through everything. So like when you said yeah. that to me, I was like, you're right. Like there's not a single person that's going to be here that's rooting for me to fail. So yep. fuck it. No. Like if I make a mistake, I make a mistake.
0: That's right. And that's true on even those most difficult calls with clients. Nobody wants you to fail, including that client. Yeah. They want you to be successful. And yeah, this is hard to remember at times, but, um, yeah. Wow. What a beautiful, um, I, you know, I, I, I won't, uh, I, I am struck by how similar our stories are. You yeah. and I I'm struck by how, in, how similar our, our internal monologue is it's, it's <laughs> wild. I have this book called uh, the daily stoic statement that is from stoicism which is just a philosophy. And <clears> this <throat> is meant to give you a chance to reflect. And today's uh, September 13th is uh, about something that you were talking about. Use my typewriter and I typed up Your my type thoughts. typewriter?
3: Oh my God, that's yeah, amazing. I
0: have, I have five typewriters. Yeah. Shush! <gasps> I know. They're so great. Cool. Anyway, so, so the Daily Stoic entry is protecting our inner fortress from fear. So we are in, we are each in possession of an inner fortress that is protecting our soul you know, whatever that, you know, uh, it is impenetrable except from the inside. We alone can fall prey to our vices, our insecurities, our fears, and open the doors of the citadel to let the enemy in. This is just some of the language that, that Stoics would use a few thousand years ago, uh, the citadel, but they talked about, they talk about the citadel being what protects our soul or our being, or, you know, what we might currently call our mental health or, you know, our essence and this was so my entry today was all about what you were talking about like me um you know we lose our nerve and give into fear these these are the 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 end when we let the gates of the citadel open the enemy comes in the enemy of these thoughts that diminish us yeah <clears throat> so we all all have this and this is just me today do writing that's so, fu- that's all so crazy about this yeah yeah it's i I'm actually, I'll, I'll take a picture of, this is essentially yeah, send my diary. This is yeah. essentially my diary. So you're going to get a diary entry. So it's I'm very so personal, excited. but I want to share it with you just because our conversation today, you've been so open. And, uh, if I was a little more self-indulgent, I would maybe read this into the podcast, but I won't, but, uh, I don't know, Joy. I, uh. I'm just so energized by our conversation today. So we were going to talk about music and then we just started talking about this, this, this other thing, which is about personal development and having the space to emerge as a more authentic self. So I was having this conversation with this person that was hired during the pandemic and they're, they're, they're an awesome person, obviously. And what what we were talking about is coming back to the office and how this, this person was just thinking that. Coming back to the office was just because we had a nice office and we weren't getting our money's worth. This is a bad story, actually. But I think
3: I know where we can go off of this story, though, because I feel like there's like a there's there's a I feel like there's something inherently missing um, accidentally for the people that have started working for us since the pandemic Mm. that. Those of us that had that experience in the office, in this space, on the trips, in like doing all these things together, going to lunch together, you know, planting trees like we did in our office, building habitat, Mm -hmm. like doing things together as a group, um, Mm -hmm. having snowball fights with fake snow in my office. And, you know, just like the silly things that we would do and sitting in the lounge and having drinks and just chatting. Like, I think that there is a disservice to the people that started during the pandemic that don't get how powerful that is. And I think that there's probably a mixed bag and it's a little hard for me because we don't have an office to go to on Thursdays here anymore. But I would guess that there is a larger group of people that are excited about Together Thursdays that have Mm. been here pre-pandemic than people who started during pandemic. Because the people that were pre-pandemic are like, oh my gosh, I get to see my friends. Oh, I get to go get lunch. Oh, I get to go do this. (laughs) And they understand the concept of like, Thursdays might not be overly productive for you, but we want you. Like being around your coworkers and being in the office and being around other people is actually working your brain is working you're you're excited you're learning things you're getting to know people you're creating relationships you're building all this stuff that you can only do so much of over zoom um but then there's people that have never been to the office and experienced the magic that it can be
2: yeah
3: um and how much fun it can be and like how frustrating it can also be at the same time when everybody's being loud and you want to be on a call, like the pros and cons of it. So they're
0: probably,
3: yeah, right. (laughs) Um, You know, like they're putting words in other people's mouths, but potentially like, what's the point? I'm not getting any work done. What's the point?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to describe. It's hard to describe. I do know that uh, we just want to create a place where people feel welcome people feel like they're good enough. Like the whatever version of them is showing up, that's what we want. Yeah. The whole person and, uh, you know, strengths, frailties. And, uh,
3: I think one I of think my favorite a things person I should get to feel do,
0: welcome here. Yeah. A person should feel welcome here. And I think part of being in the office is, is part of that. Yeah. It's a really complicated thing though, It because is because people are, well, I'm not efficient. I'm thinking well it's not all about you being an efficient piece of machinery that is maximally uh, utilized. I mean we want to be successful as a company and we need to be and we we want we are working hard and we will and we always have worked hard. I've always said that this is a this is a difficult place to work. Like we try to have so much fun because we ask so much of you. Like we we really ask so much of a person and the effort level is so high at times that we we also want to realize that there's more to it than that. Like we also want to have fun together as people and get to know each other and benefit from being around each other socially. And but it's complicated. It's hard to explain to people. But
3: well, and I also think that we have a different situation ish, uh, here in North Carolina, you know, it is a very small group of us. It's always been a small group of us. Even when we had a full office, it was like 30, maybe like 34, (laughs) I I think might've been our max, you know? So I think it's a different world here for us where, because we are so small, we actually choose to do things together. You know, (laughs) like we don't have an office to go to anymore, but we choose to like, Hey, I miss you. Let's go out for a girl's champagne day. Like we've Mm -hmm. definitely done that multiple times or, you know, like I've heard our office called Clicky and I don't know that I would say that it is. I would just say it's small. So we've got nobody else. (laughs) Like we've just got each other. (laughs) Like that's it. (laughs) The, the small group of us. And that's what, you know, and we work together, we feed off of each other. We talk all the time, you know, like it's just different. I think, uh, but to one of your points earlier, Clayton, I think one of my favorite things I get to do here is cultural interviews. I Mm -hmm. love it. I love learning about people. I love explaining what self-management is or under helping people understand what we have. And, Mm -hmm. um, and, and also like it's not always great. So don't make this sound like no. rainbows all the time, but being very honest with people, like it is yeah. hard work. Like there are days that you work and work and work and you know, look up and you work, but also yeah, there is that ability to say, you know what? I can't today. I just can't. Yeah. I can't. Um, And I love that. I like, to me, it's a get to do some days. I'm like, yeah. Oh man, I'm so busy. I don't have time for this interview, but like right. I get to do it and I love it. Yeah. Like, And I love that in the cultural interview, you just get to learn the truth, like about a person. It's not about Mm -hmm. the job. Like, I love asking them what they're passionate about and what excites them. And yeah, Yeah.
0: I love doing cultural interviews, too. I went away from them for quite a while, but now I came back recently. And uh, what I think is so powerful about these things is the ability to help a person understand with real clarity why they should or shouldn't work here. Like giving them enough information so that when they go away, it's not about whether the skills exist. We, you wouldn't have the interview if we didn't think you had the skills. It's, do do we think you'll thrive here? And then the cultural interview is to help them think, will I thrive there? Because I want people to leave that cultural interview so that when they get a job offer, that they can make a decision of, is that really a place I wanna spend time at? Do I think I'll thrive there? And be really clear about that. Because having a cultural interview to be really clear with people about who we are, who we think we are, what we are striving to be and being clear is such a gift to them, but also to us. Like as the cultural interviewers, to be a part of that, that system that helps prepare people for the clarity of whether they'll thrive here or not, because it isn't for everybody. And um, it is a challenging place to work. And And we
3: are a... Weird group of wonderful humans um, right. who have, like, like honestly, the other day I had just changed my, like, my uh, Facebook thing. It says it's weird not to be weird. Like, it's like my <laughs> cover. Right. I was like, oh, this is a fun one. Like, I saw it on something. And I was like, right. it is. We're all weird. But we're wonderful yeah. in, in our weirdness. and. That's right. And I love the fact that, like you said, it is a service to them also, because there's times I've done cultural interviews with people where they're like, I need more stability. And I'm like, great. That's the point of this. This is not for you then.
0: Right. Yeah. This isn't.
3: And let's not get you here. And then you'd be like, oh, my gosh, what is wrong with these
0: people? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And other people are just like, wow, I think that I is going to be great for me. Yeah. yeah. I've never been asked to be a human being at work. I've always been a unit of extraction and I nobody's ever asked my opinion. That's interesting.
3: More often than not in <clears> cultural <throat> interviews, people are like, this was amazing. I've never right. felt this way. <laughs> I've never felt so just casual and open and uh, the ability to have these kinds of conversations. Yeah. And I love that this is what you guys want.
0: Mm hmm. We didn't get to music, but okay. we had such a wonderful conversation. I know. How do you feel I about agree. it?
3: I think it's great, Clayton. Like, I know we talked about some things we could talk about, but to me, I think it just naturally went the right way. Like, I I struggle. I struggle some days with
2: yeah.
3: work, with work, with like like anybody does. I struggle some days where I'm like, I oh, yeah. can't do this another day. But then, <laughs> yeah. and and like... I'm very honest about it. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. And then other days I'm like, I've never felt more alive or more yeah. myself.
2: Yeah.
3: Um. And so it's just, I love the fact that like remembering those things Um. Yeah. and, you know, maybe talking to one of my friends outside of work or my parents or my siblings. And they're like, just who you, you are finally who you were meant to be. Like you're finally yeah. you. And yeah. And I owe so much of that to this, to the people here.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and to the family that I've built here. Um, that I think it is, I mean, I love music and that's what we were maybe going to talk about. But like yeah. this is so important to me.
0: Yeah.
3: That I mean, music just plays all day in my house while I'm working. So it just adds into this. I love that um, what we
0: talked about is about your development as a person here, but beyond here. It's not about you know the altar of Chrysalis or the altar of Icumetrics. it's It's no, it's like you developing as a person uh, within here, but but also beyond that. Yeah. So now it's just you as a person, not you as an employee. And that is what I would like more people to understand. It's about yeah. their own personal development. Within a, it happens to be in a workplace, but it's not just it's to serve it's it's in service to them as a person.
3: Yeah, and I think it's it's because of the people we have here more mm-hmm. than it is a company. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. Like it's,
0: we it's, we are the reason this place is great. I mean yes. Yeah, that's it totally is true. like
3: it is. Totally the, it is the humans that we bring here.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, it's the humans that, you know, and, and I do see Christopher's vision in a lot of this stuff because I do think that this is a place where a lot of people feel like I can truly be me,
2: mm-hmm.
3: um, and I'm and I'm not going to be judged for, and I'm not going to be talked down to for it or any of those things, and. Yeah. I see the vision and I understand the vision. And I think the biggest thing is that like, we just continue to bring on people that empower that people that add yeah. to that people that continue to help grow that inside yes. this world and outside of this world, yeah. because when your base is solid, you can take that anywhere.
0: Beautifully said. That seems like a great place to end our chat. Thank you so much. I. Yeah, I love this conversation. I feel so full of energy and appreciation for you and for all the just. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to ramble, so I'll stop. Thank you.
3: No, thank you, Clayton. I remember sitting with you guys in Hawaii.
0: mm -hmm.
3: What I remember. Uh, Yeah. But I just remember (laughs) like, oh, I was like, this was the right choice.
0: I have five questions. They're kind of one word answers. Um, If you want to use a couple words, go for it, but it's just a quick close. Five questions. What's a hobby that you do or you wish you had more time for?
3: Oh, music.
0: Thank you. What's a dream destination for you?
3: Uh, Alaska.
0: What's a hidden talent that you have?
3: I used to sing in professional theater.
0: Uh, How about your favorite dessert?
3: Brownies.
0: Mm, What's a drink that you like?
3: What's your favorite drink? Wine.
0: Wine. (laughs) Sweet. All right. Well, thank you.
1: And listening to Joy talk about her experience at this company is like that type of publicity you couldn't even pay for if you wanted. You know, like if yeah. I had a bingo card of what values, what Chrysalis values are we going to talk about in this interview, I feel like I would have gotten them all. Joy's just in there hitting dingers, just exemplifying what everything means. And I think that's. Kind of nice because there are times at work where you forget that things like this can and will happen. And I think this conversation with Joy really exemplifies that, I guess, what's on offer at the company is actually truly on offer. And it's, you know, it's it's there for the taking if you can harness it, I guess. Yeah, I love
0: how this story that emerges is one where Joy just describes the effect that this environment has had on her but also the effect that she's had in the environment that's one of the things like you say what's on offer what's on offer is we have a place where we're hoping you uh get energy while you give energy and you get energy from the people around you and you give it to them as well and it's just this reciprocal relationship that that she's describing i i love how she just so cleanly, um, like Joy works in the deep in the client world, right? So I love how she steps into her worldview in this conversation so confidently and just and, and is just so willing to acknowledge that this environment has had an effect on her and how, but also how valuable her input has been to this place.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's anything we really have to wrap up because it was such a great choice to do for episode two. And you know what, Clayton, really happy that you didn't actually talk about music. Initially, I was like, oh, man, why are they talking about music? I wanted to learn about that. But I really enjoyed the way that the conversation went and I found it very enlightening. And yeah. So, hey, thanks for doing what you do. And a big shout out to Joy for doing what she does. And if anyone has any feedback, comments or concerns, you can reach out to either Clayton or myself or you could uh, leave a review on Spotify. That would be very nice for us. And uh, yeah, we're we're here to talk to you. So don't be shy. See you, Benny. See you, Clayton. Unpacking Chrysalis,
3: the art of being human.